Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Octave. We're back, episode two. And this one is really near and dear to my heart. This one's all about the mixtape, you know, and how the mixtape has evolved over the years from being something that maybe you might have put together yourself as an expression of, you know, your favorite songs, all the way up until now, where an artist may even use a mixtape as a means to introduce themselves to the world. So this is going to be a really, really good discussion. I am your man, Tig Best, and I got my entire roundtable community with me. And I'm going to go ahead and let them uh, kind of introduce themselves to you. And then we'll get into this discussion. This is L. Boog from ATL. Hey, this is B Dove coming from Columbia, South Carolina. And this is Carl BX coming from the South Bronx. Sound you. Hey. All right. It's so nice to have my Carolina crew. I got my ATL crew and I got my New York crew sitting here with me today. And we're going to get into it. This whole podcast is all about music culture. And today we're going to jump into some different aspects of the music culture. And that has to do with the mixtape. So, what do you guys feel about? the mixtape like who remembers their very first mixtape that they ever made or they that they had somebody make for them well my first mixtape was from myself because nobody gave me no mixtape but (laughs) (laughs) but like i would just mix up everything i'm very eclectic when it comes to my music so i just threw everything in there whatever i was feeling at the moment that's what i put on there and I, you know, I would listen to it like day after day after day and never got tired of it. So I love mixtapes. Run it into the dirt. There you go. Yep. I I was trying to remember like who gave me my first mixtape and I couldn't come up with that because it was myself. I made, (laughs) um, I was one because of course I'm a music lover. My first mixtape, it was, you know, off the radio because, you know, at that time, you know, back in the day when you're trying to learn different songs, I know for myself, I was trying to learn different songs and, you know, I'm trying to remember the lyrics and everything. So Mm -hmm. I would, you know, when the song came on, I, you know, put the cassette tape because we're doing a throwback. And no <laughs> the radio, and I'm like sitting waiting, like, oh, I think that that song by Monica is going to come on. Let me hit record and play at the same time because you know, yeah, <laughs> and at the time, I'm like, you know, um, I, I gotta learn these lyrics, I gotta know. And so, that was, I felt like for myself, I was the one who gave my own self the mixtape. So, I have to say right. that was myself, also, you know, like V Dub. No doubt. None of these um, new iTunes playlist people know about that cassette tape. I hit the record and play it. <laughs> they, don't they, they don't know. They don't know. Core, what was yours? I say, well, mine, mine was Give Us Me by My Cousin. And it was a mixtape of, and I finally remember the name, it was Killing Me All Day. DJ Ray, Double R, and G-Motor Pro. Huh. Way back in the day. And it was straight, straight up, just straight up hip-hop. And what they did was like mix different songs together right and that blew my mind yeah so i have to say we had like a box of them joints i remember those days of having um so for me all right so mixtapes for me back in the day the very first mixtape i ever had i did make it for myself i did the same thing that that book did is just jump on the radio and you're waiting for your favorite song to come on and you ready with the record play and if i didn't even have like a 
a blank cassette. I would take a cassette I don't really want anymore, and I get like, <laughs> a piece of paper and I stick it in the top so you can record over it again. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And then I start recording whatever comes on, and then I don't know. I think I hit like my teenage years, and it was just like this little girl that I was kind of feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, That's cute. cute. <laughs> yo, yo, Chig, you, you might, you might. Yo, Chig, you might have to um delete that. You want Trace to hear that, right? <laughs> <laughs> she be coming after me on that thirteen-year-old love thing. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> What's that girl's name? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think after that, it came to a point in time where jump something like Core, where um there was a lot of DJs, especially in New York, that mm-hmm. was doing what was called blend mixtapes, mm-hmm. and what a blend mixtape was. Taking a, a hip hop song and taking the acapella, or even taking a hip hop song and taking the instrumental of it, and then taking an R and B song, and if you could find the acapella, then great. But if you couldn't, you were still trying to marry the two together. It's like the first early version of like mashups. So that was what a blend tape was, and that was like that. Those were like super super dope back then. So everybody has their own story about their own mixtapes. Yeah. So what was it that made the mixtape so special to you? Like, why did you rock that tape over and over and over? Um. Well, I think it's because you know you made it your own. Like you customized it for you. So you made it special in your way because you, that's the stuff that you wanted to hear. If you wanted to hear Monica, like Lena said, or did you want to have like DMX or you know whatever, like you custom made it for what you was feeling at the time. So that's what made it special. True. Very true. Let's talk about mixtape DJs because you can see how in times have like changed on a mixtape level. You had the mixtape that you did for yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you started having DJs who would try to use the blend mixtapes and kind of put them together. And to me, you know, as like probably like the 90s kind of came around, then you had DJs who were really getting like really famous mm-hmm. just for finding and giving you like the newest stuff. Like DJ Clue was mm-hmm. in New York was like a huge yes. one. You know, Clue to me was like the first Khaled. Yes. Like he knew how to put a compilation together exactly. and find all the unreleased stuff that you just never heard before. Yes. Everybody was looking after that. So who was like some of your favorite like mixtape DJs? But wait, was Clue before Funkmaster Flex? No. Um, no. Funkmaster no, Flex, Flex was first. Yeah. But see, the okay. thing with Funkmaster Flex, he would get some exclusives and he would mess it up by dropping all those bombs, even to this day. All those <laughs> bombs. So I'm going to let you know right now. I'm let you know right now. The Bronx don't claim him because he's from the Bronx. We don't claim him. <laughs> Because of the bombs? A, that, because of the bombs. That's a true story. Other stuff. Other, we don't claim them. <laughs> so if Folkmaster Flex hears this, we don't claim you, dogs. Okay. <laughs> the BX has spoken. <laughs> Basically. But I like yeah, DJ Cool. Um, I like Drama and Funk, uh, Funk Master Flex mm-hmm. as well. Drama was my guy. Yeah. And Drama's more Southern-based, right? Compared Definitely. to like Flex and Clue, mm-hmm. which are more northern. Absolutely. So I, I kind of like drama, I guess, because I'm from the South. Mm-hmm. So yes, <laughs> I related more to yeah, I related more to DJ drama. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, is Khaled considered mixtape DJ? You know what? Right. I kind of put him in the category, even though he doesn't claim to be like a mixtape DJ. And I don't ever remember having like Khaled mixtapes mm-hmm. back in the day. Everything for him. Mm-hmm. 
he he kind of me took the route of DJ Clue when DJ Clue got signed by Rockefeller. He mm-hmm. Clue had put out after he came off like doing street mixtapes. He put out an album called The Professional. That was mm-hmm. like his first like real, album. and that album was what Khaled does. It was like getting a bunch of artists and you do the productions, you get the beats together. And they sing or rap on your beats, and then you put it out like it's my stuff, just like Khaled does. That's why I kind of look at Clue like you were the predecessor to what Khaled is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that you know? um, with Khaled, I, um, he does a lot of. He only does his features. He doesn't. He True. doesn't spit. Some True. DJs kind of go could go off a little something. True. He doesn't spit. Um, to me. I would consider his albums mixtapes because everything is what he puts on there is different. Mm-hmm. And to me, with a mixtape, like you said, like you said earlier, it could be a hip hop song, uh, um, you know, a rap with an R and B beat and things like that. He mixes it up because he has like what future. He goes from like a future mm-hmm. to a Chris Brown to a, mm-hmm. another rap or stuff like that. Jay, so I kind of yeah, yeah. think it's like he's a mixtape. Justin Bieber. Yeah, Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so yeah, that is true. He then it, it yeah, I guess we could put him in the mixtape category then. That's absolutely true. Because that is what he does. Yeah. So do you guys think that, you know, with the many mixtape DJs that are out there that they're given the credit they deserve when it comes to like pushing music culture forward and breaking new songs? The actual DJs? The actual DJ. I I would say no. No. I don't I don't think they get the credit for actually promote like what they do you know i just think that people just hear the songs but don't give the actual you know credit to who actually put the songs out there right that's um, that's just my opinion though i agree to an extent because okay. back in the day yeah the dj you knew the dj before the person that was dropped he was dropping today nah, they don't get they don't get the they don't get the respect that they deserve but back in the day yeah yeah that's one of the reasons why I came up with this question. And this was kind of a, a topic on our first episode where we were talking about, um, you know, records being broken and how people don't really come to radio anymore to hear a record being broken. They go to like streaming services or, you know what I'm saying, to, to hear like the, the latest joint. Um, you know, iTunes has a playlist and that's where you hear the new R&B or the new hip hop. Um, but they don't really go to the radio anymore. Back in the day, like Core was talking about, the DJ was like, you came to the show for the DJ. Mm-hmm. You didn't really come to the show for, you know, the dude who was rapping up front or had a few bars. So that's why, like, one of the most classic hip-hop groups, Eric B. and Rakim, Rakim is the rapper. Yes. You know? Eric B. is the DJ. His name comes first. Yes. You know what yep. I mean? DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Hey. And the Fresh Prince, right. Case in point. Right. Philly's own. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of agree. I agree with both you guys that um, they don't get the credit I think that they deserve. Um, I feel like as soon as people started paying attention to, you know, the the MC, after that, things just kind of went less for the DJ. And they've always been in the background to the point that now there's like a lot of artists that are out. I have no clue who the DJs are for mm-hmm. them. I can go to a show and be like, I don't even know who that dude is back there. And that's kind of a shame because they do a lot of the dirty work. You know, um, most DJs are producers at the same time. A lot of DJs like DJ Premier. Premier is a producer. Pete Rock is a DJ, but he's also a producer. Mm-hmm. These guys are back there making beats and doing a whole lot of stuff for the artists. 
but the artist is the only one that gets the, the credit for it. So it's kind of a becoming a lost art in a way. Since we're all in quarantine right now, you guys been inside of D Nice um, yes. <laughs> Instagram Live? Yes. yes. I, I, I saw the after, nice. like the after stuff. Uh, okay. I, never, I never know when it's coming on. That's why. He's like literally the dude is in there like every day. Yes, every he day. is. Yes. He's got like some kind of special deal going on with Instagram because they just let him rock for like hours. <laughs> hours. Yes. Well, I, I tell you, cut um, the first joint that I did see, I didn't mean to cut you off, Ted. The first joint that I did see was Swiss Beats and Just Blaze. Mm. Woo! My phone was on fire after that. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and that was bananas. <laughs> I Tig, think these um Tig, you you put me you actually that one night you sent me to his live and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> the thank yous that I have to give you I cannot <laughs> when he was like hey sis you need to be in D night live right now for this house party or I don't know how you phrase that but you know what I mean Tig but, yeah. I'm telling you, I got my entire life. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I came in on the night when he had that, like, 105,000 people rocking in one night. I'm sitting there like, this That's is crazy. absolutely, this is, like, historical. Yes, it was, it was great. It was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was, like, really, really nuts. So, we talked about the DJs and, you know, them not getting the credit for pushing culture forward. And um, there's a lot of mixtapes, mixtape websites that are out online. Um, one of the most famous ones is called Dat Piff. Dat Piff is, is like the number one mixtape website where you can go to and just get mixtapes. There's a few other ones that are out there. There's one called Mixtape Monkey. Do you think that those um, particular websites will survive when artists start, you know, giving like a lot of their music away for free? So like you jump on SoundCloud and there's so many... Um, <clears throat> like separate websites mm -hmm. that you can go to that will allow you to like download everything out of SoundCloud, even if the artist doesn't have the download button on there, you can still get it off of there for free. Yeah. So do you think that those types of sites will eventually put like the mixtape business like kind of out of business? Well, I think I do think so because I feel like SoundCloud, it's it can be easily accessible to artists in, in such a digital climate. And you know, it's it's kind of like a I can do it myself type thing. You know what I mean? It's easy for them to upload to SoundCloud. They can put the link in their bio. You know what I mean? So um, and, and people can check out their SoundCloud. So I think that I really feel like, you know, I don't know. I think it might be kind of rough for um, websites like that Piff and um, Mixtape Bunky, in my opinion. Very true. Um, personally, I feel that well, like especially with that Piff. I think that that's going to be around for a long time. For the simple fact, I don't see too many people dropping albums on SoundCloud. It's more so uh, a song here and there. But you go to that Piff, and I mean, especially because I'm a hip-hop head, and you want to hear like the real gutter, DMX type, you know, I haven't took a bath in a week type music. <laughs> yeah, you know... <laughs> That I think like something like that pick will be around because you know not only do they have you know the music to go by but it also got instrumentals on top of that. True. 
Now, how many dudes that's trying to come up that's producers, they can't put that on SoundCloud because people want to listen to the, the lyrics more than the music itself. But like with that piff, you get the combination of both. So I think it'll be around for a minute. Do you have to pay okay. for the that piff? Like, is there like a like you have to pay for it, or like how does it work? So you don't that piff. Well, you know what? Let me change that. It depends on the mixtape you're trying to get. Mm. Um, there are some mixtapes that come out and they're completely free, and you can just go to them and just download it. Mm. Um, but there are some that are case in point. Um, Fab, fabulous. So Fabulous has a series of mixtapes that he has called um, Summertime Shootout. Okay. And he dropped three versions of that particular um, mixtape. So the first one was free. The second one was free. The third one, it was still a mixtape, but he put it out like it was an album. Mm. So it came on Datpiff, but you had to buy it. Mm -hmm. Like you were going to iTunes or you were going to Amazon or anything else to get an album. So it just kind of depends. I think Tory Lanez also, he dropped the Chicks tape. Mm -hmm. I think it was number five, which was the last one that he put out. And he had a whole series and all the rest of the series was free on Datpiff. But that particular one, they decided to make that Chicks tape five instead of just another part of the mixtape series, an album. Mm -hmm. And so when you get on Datpiff, you can't get it for free. Now you got to buy it like everything. But people are going to buy it because they want the that that one, right? They do, but do I spend my money? I don't know. Maybe it's me. I have like a mental thing where when I go to a site that's 99% of the time free and then there's an album on there that I have to buy, I don't know why. I feel some kind of way about buying it from <laughs> well, right. as opposed to okay. me going to like iTunes where I know they're just getting me for my money anyway yep. and I'm going to buy it from them. Right. I said it's kind of deceptive in a way because if it's if it's free up until a certain point and then at, to the very end, you know, you have to buy or purchase an album, it's kind of deceptive. <clears throat> in iTunes, you know what to expect. But whereas with this, Absolutely. this uh, website, you know, it kind of gets you for the okie doke. Word. It's bait and switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Definitely. Definitely. So there, there is something to it where you just start feeling like, nah, I ain't spending my money with you. I'm going to get mine from the freebie. You know, from wherever I can get it for free, or I'm just gonna buy it from an actual, you know, regular outlet where we can get our music from. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about mixtapes that felt like albums, and this is probably gonna be my favorite section right here because we all know that there are a lot of artists out there, um, and the way that they introduce themselves to the world, or they just put out a street teaser, is the fact that they will put out a mixtape instead of putting out like a studio, a full studio project. So do you guys feel that mixtapes are a major part of an artist's introduction to the world? Um, yeah, I definitely think so. Because like, yeah. I say, take my answer is Drake. How did he come in? Straight mixtape. Mixtape. Straight mixtape. Yep. So far gone. Uh, yep, that's I'm, on my list. I'm going to be quite honest. His mixtape to me was actually better than some of his albums. Because when, you, agree when you put out a mixtape and you want to get it out there, you hungry. You yes. trying to chew up, eat up anything that's in the past. So that way, you know, you're out there. Once you get put on, you get lazy. kind of slides back. Yeah, you yeah. slide back a little bit. Um, case the money's me, coming at that point. Yeah, the money's coming at that point. Case in point, like, 
I look at when I look at certain artists, like, all right, I look at the locks. Them guys to this day, they've been in the game what 15, 20 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to this 20. day. These cats sound they they're still hungry. Yeah. They didn't they didn't lose that that um love for the, the for, fire. For, for the gear. They didn't lose none of that. You know, yeah. you got these other cats that get put on and they're like, all right, I could dumb myself down a little and just throw out anything and people are gonna come after it because I'm me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So definitely mixtapes. I wish there was more and I wish there was good ones. I think too Agreed. with with um mixtapes, you know, in a way, it's their introduction, you know what I'm saying? A major sense of access to like DJs, radio stations. So um, the radio stations push them and it's by a mixtape. And I feel like it is their segue into the world, I feel like. Because like I said, it's it's where they put themselves on this way for everybody, but it is truly the introduction. One of the other things I really appreciate about mixtapes is the fact that when an artist gets cold, a mixtape is a good way to kind of keep them warm in these streets. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a good case in point with it. When Birdman decided to screw over Lil Wayne <laughs> and pretty much Lil Wayne couldn't put no albums out and Birdman was trying to get him for all of his money. One of the ways that um, Wayne kept his name in the street is he went to my southern favorite mixtape DJ, DJ Drama, mm-hmm. and he started dropping a bunch of mixtapes called The Dedication. He has a lot. He put out, I, yeah, he's got a lot of yes. them. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Beat up is like, yeah, I know that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he does have, he has a lot of them. And, yes. But you know what? Wayne couldn't make no money by, by selling the mixtapes. So the mixtapes were pretty much free. You can get them online. But when when Wayne made his money was, he still went on tour. And he was touring on mixtape songs and everybody in the audience knew every single word to every song. It was ingenious. It's the smartest way. It's like, you know what? If you're going to stop my money one way, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I'll just take the other avenue and I'll just do it with mixtapes and then me and Drama will split the bill on this money from these tours. And I can still make a lot of money and still keep my name rep, uh, relevant in the hip hop. That was game. so smart. So I thought that that was. Hey, you know there's something too that was crazy about that. That dude sound hungry. That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. You know when he got put yeah. on, it kind of like okay, a hot joint here, lackluster hot joint. Yeah, that whole mixtape joint was fire. Oh yeah, I forget which dedication it was on where. You could hear him like crumbling up the paper, like he was rhyming, and you could just hear him crumbling up paper and throwing it away as he's rhyming. Like he went through one sheet, one sheet. He was dropping crazy bars, and just you could hear the the actual paper crumbling mm-hmm. in in the mic as he's spitting them. And he was like throwing it away as he's spitting it. I was like, that's just nuts. <laughs> so he was he was definitely hungry. He wanted it. I remember seeing um, there was a concert um, that Jay Z was doing, and he had. Little Wayne come up on stage and they did um they did like a compilation of songs, but then he let Wayne rock and Wayne did the chorus from Duffel Bag Boy. Mm. And he's like, well, I don't do nothing. I'm a <laughs> so he was doing that one. And um when Wayne got finished, he looked at Jay and he was like, the best rapper alive. And then he pointed at himself and he was like, the next rapper in line. I love it. And 
I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And I was like, and at that time, that was the conversation was like, yo, Wayne is like the next guy up. He's the next guy up. So I must um, go, I'm, you know, keeping your name out. I'm sorry, but I must have been sleeping. That, that, that was going on. Oh, I'll send you the clip. <laughs> I'll send you the clip. I've seen it like at least at least five or six times. Yeah, I've never seen that. Um, yeah, I'll send both. I'll send okay. all y'all the clip. But he was right, though. Yeah. He was right. He was. Yeah, that's he was, accurate. He was right. And I think Wayne would have been a lot further if he wasn't on cash money. I think if he oh, came off of cash money, because at one time Rockefeller wanted to sign him, yeah. but Birdman wouldn't let him go. So you think he would have been good on and Rockefeller then? I don't want to say he would have been better on Rockefeller. I do think that at least there wouldn't have been this pause or gap in him getting his his regular mainstream money. Because mm-hmm. I don't think Jay would have treated him in that particular fashion the way Birdman did. I think to me, Birdman was just very disloyal. Yeah, he's very because disloyal. here, if you think about the whole Cash Money label, um, back in the day, it was Juvenile, yes, it's Turk, it's BG, it's Manny Fresh, um, and Wayne. And then, you know, take that collective, Hot Boys, break it down. Everybody had the individual. Mm-hmm. But when Juvenile left, Turk got locked up, Manny Fresh bounced. All you had, BG was going, all you had left was cash money was little Wayne. Yes. That was it. Yeah. Little Wayne and Birdman. And nobody really wants to buy a Birdman right. album. You buy it. And then put some respect on his name. Put some respect on his name, man. Let me put some respect on that. Put some respect on his name. Are you done or are you finished? What? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I just thought it was such a disloyal thing. I'm like, yo, I don't think anybody else who has a guy who literally is carrying your entire label yeah. for years. Absolutely. For years. Years. And then this is the way that you do them. And then not only did he carry a label, but when he made the subsidiary label of mm-hmm. Young Money, and then he went and got Wayne, I mean, um, right. got Drake right. and Nikki. Now you're bringing more money to the cash money folder. Mm-hmm. Birdman's still eating off of that, and he won't let none of them go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it was just a little ugly. Yeah, it's very, ugly. very ugly. I think that um I think that Jay Z moved differently than Birdman too. Business wise, yeah. as a businessman, everything like if you see now, you know, like think about with Jay Z. Jay Z is like on on top of the world in a, in a lot of aspects. But it, I feel like it's the way how he has handled his business, though. Tori's going to disagree. Not, okay, I not, know not on top of the world, but I'm just saying, like, to, to this extent that I feel like they move differently. I'll say it like that. Between Jay-Z I and think that they, I agree with that. I think that they do move differently in public. <laughs> yeah, Let me put that okay. in okay. public. And, and the only reason I think Corey's going to say the same thing with me is the way Birdman did Wayne. Yeah. Jay kind of did that to Dane. Oh, you know what? Case in point. Case in point. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. And, and they were, and they're like, yes. they're like brothers. They're like best friends. Yeah, yes. they were. And yeah. Yeah, they were, you know. Um, can I, can I so say something I, on that, too? Sure, you can. You know, you know me. I'm not a Jay Z fan. Why not? I know that. Um, yeah, I'm not really a Jay Z fan. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I know. I'm blowing minds right now. <laughs> he did Dame real dirty because 
Dame was the one. Dame was the one that put that cat in the position that he is right now. True. And Dame suffered from that because nobody wanted to work with Dame. He was strong on him, arming people. You know, his business practices wasn't that great, I admit. But mm-hmm. if he had to did what he did, Jay-Z would not be where he's at because Rockefeller was independent. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be independent. I don't know if you They guys, were selling tapes out the trunk. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever seen... um. Was it backstage? This is before oh, when they all went on. Yeah, this is before my um, what you call it? You know, got myself right with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now nah, you know he was like, you know, cats came in with um Def Jam jackets, came yeah. into the with the Def Jam jackets. Man, Bleak is all this was backstage. Yeah, backstage. Man, Bleak is all happy. Oh, I got me a nice leather. Yo, Dane was like, take that back. You're not, you're not with Def Jam. They trying to ride our coattails right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dane was a beast. He was a beast. His business practices, yeah. not good, but he was a beast. Mm-hmm. So when you say like Jay-Z's business practices, you know, they're shaky too. But shaky. I, I just want to say I did no, I I forgot about the situation with him and Dane. So mm-hmm. that I, you know, I, I might, you know, retract some of that, but I, I did forget that. <laughs> I did, but I do, I do, no, I do agree with you, and I'd like to retract that because, you know, I can't really say that. I can't really say that. Oh, he moved differently when both of them did the same thing. So I, I agree with you. I do. I see your point, though. I do, and I get it. I got you. Yeah, I, but I, I don't want you to feel I, like I, I'm trying to, like, you know. Toss you out of the car, or nothing like that. Oh no, no, no! I don't feel that way. But I, yeah. you know, I, it's just that you know how when you don't, it was like it was such a a, a while ago. It's a long time ago, right. so I, I literally forgot about that. But it just it really put it in perspective um, when it comes to business practices and the music business. It's yeah. a lot of shady things that go on. A lot of a lot of um a lot of entertainers, you know. Um, grow up in the business, so to speak. They come up together and everything like that. And I think that was in those two situations something similar where they did come up together, but along the way there was separation due to greed and whatever else there yeah. is that engulfs all that. So no, I I totally see what you're saying, and you know I I get that you know totally yeah. So I think I think Book was looking at it from the owner of the label versus the artist. Yeah point of view right and and we're seeing it from just like owner of the label versus like the entire organization yeah point of view that's what i was trying to so, convey <laughs> yeah i'm sorry yeah. I, I apologize i, I, I saw where I you were coming from I'm not a, like i said i'm a jay-z it's fine like you know it's <laughs> it's 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 all about it's all about perspective and you know sometimes you think about one thing a certain way and someone brings something in another way and that's just like difference of opinions but you know it's all good yeah, that's what this is great. This is a great podcast. Great podcast. That was that was a good one. <laughs> All right, so let's jump on to mixtapes in the last twenty years. Which ones do you think? Because this is two thousand and twenty, so we're looking all the way from the year two thousand. All the way up to the year 2020, there have been so many mixtapes that are out there, whether for R&B artists, for hip-hop artists. I think hip-hop artists use mixtapes more than anybody else. I agree. But I, 
but there are R&B artists that have put themselves out there, especially R&B artists that may have been on like a hip hop label. Mm-hmm. So they'll put themselves out there on a mixtape side. So who do you think had like, or who were some of your favorites that had like some of the most impactful mixtapes on their career? And I, I think Drake to mm-hmm. me was one of the most um, impactful mm-hmm. uh, ones. Anybody else yes. agree with me on that? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yep. I agree with okay. that. Got me there. I think um I think that album so far gone was it, it like kind of shook the industry up as a person who you know you got this guy who's like an actor on Degrassi right. and now Wheelchair Jimmy Jimmy Wheelchair Jimmy you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wheelchair Jimmy and then all of a sudden there's this fire mixtape that pops out mm-hmm. and he's got features from some of the hottest people that were in the industry, like Trey Songz was burning hot at that time. And Trey was successful. on, um, there you go, successful. I can't think of the name of it. I was about to start saying money, <laughs> money in the cars, cars in the cars. You. <laughs> there you go. He up got my back. So that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, I felt like that was such an impactful, um, it had the most impact, I think, on his career because it kind of catapulted him as a force to be reckoned with. And when you heard that mixtape, First off, when you heard it and then you realize, oh, it's a mixtape, it's not an album, it has you looking for when the album's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first album was first album was crazy. I definitely agree. I'm going to have to throw something in there that I de- thought I never would say. Mm-hmm. Dipset. Mm, that's true. Because they first started that's off true. as mixtape. I mean, Cam already you know, put his mark on it. Well, he brought out, you know, right. J.R. Ryder. Jules, Jim Jones, Joel Santana, Joel Santana. Jim Jones. yeah, that was uh, like I said, that was a movement. That was a big one. Yeah, that was a movement. That was a big one, and it was local first. It was strictly Harlem, yeah. but then it, it got global. Yeah, it branched out. I agree. I agree with that. Anybody else? Well, I got uh, well, you already said Lil Wayne, but no ceilings. Like I was listening to like swag mm-hmm. and surf, like the the beat, and then ice cream paint yeah. job. I was like, okay, Wayne. I was yeah, I, I, that yeah, was a tough I, one. I ate a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I was like, hey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed that one. Very true. I think the last group that I'll put into it that I think really, really catapulted themselves into stardom, they kind of fizzled out now, but at the time, G Unit. Mm-hmm. Oh, G Unit started out as nothing yeah. but mixtapes. They flooded the streets with just mixtape after mixtape. They were getting all their buzz, doing shows strictly from mixtapes. And then the album mm. came um, for, I'm trying to think, was 50 first or did the whole 50 was no, first. 50's album came first? Mm, yeah, no. Not trying. no. No, the mixtapes were first. No, no, no. I'm saying the first album oh, comes after oh, the mixtapes. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, 50 was first. Yeah, yeah. So Get Rich or Die Trying came. And then, um, then Lloyd Banks came out with the Hunger for oh, War, which was a ridiculous album. And then after that, then Tony Yayo came a little bit later on. Fifty dropped a few more. Then they put the whole G Unit Collective album out. I think they just had a really, really good run, and all their money really started from just putting out mixtapes on the street. So to me, that was um, that was pretty good. Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention. Oh, uh, going back earlier. Sorry, I mean a backtrack. But um, DJ Wu Kid. Woo kid, that's right. 
He was another, yeah. another. He DJ for four fifty. Yep. He DJ another cat. Yeah. So yeah, another good mixtape DJ. Yeah. Sorry about that. Brain and fart. that branched off into doing um, <laughs> <laughs> that branched off into doing even more stuff. So no, that was really good. All right, guys. So we're gonna round it out for right now. So my last thing in here is I kind of tasked the entire panel to kind of give any um audience suggestions for new albums. Um, or new artists for them to check out. So, um, who are you guys feeling right now? Like, what's in, in any genre? It doesn't matter what genre. I don't care if it's country, if it's hip hop, if it's R and B, if it's pop. What are the albums that you guys are rocking right now? What are you feeling right now? Well, I like Moon. You ever heard of Moon Child? I know it's kind of weird, but I, I, have, I love their sound. I love their sound. What yeah. is that? Uh, yeah. R and B or like a soul? Like blue eye soul, maybe? Like it's it's just Yeah. It's it's just so like it makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? It's like real calm. You can have a glass of wine or I just I love that. I love them. So I I, I will suggest them. I gotta look into that. Moon child. I have to I have Moon to mm-hmm. give props to that because that's a good suggestion. I'm trying to think of something. Oh well, I was listening to Drake's album, the new one he just dropped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the dark, dark, the dark, uh, dark lane the demo dark? tapes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say. I mean, what did you think of it? Did you think it was good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, I'm not. It's a certain. Artists I'm a fan of, and there's certain artists I'm not a fan of. And one of those okay. artists is Future, and he has a few Future jokes on Like him. two or three, I think. Yeah, I listened yeah, to it earlier. I'm not, I'm not mm, really okay. sold on it. There's a couple of songs on there. They're all right, but um, yeah, I'll leave it up to everybody else's judgment. Okay, okay. So that's something new that's popped out. For me, I was listening to Division's album. That one is actually it grew. The first time I listened to it, I think I was a little biased because the very first album they put out, it caught me off the bat, and this one didn't. It kind of had to spin it a few times, but I actually like it. So I would suggest um, checking out Division's album um, for everybody who likes alternate R and B. Check out my girl Alina Baraz. Yes. She has a new album out called It Was Divine. I love it. And that one is pretty dope. Yes. You listen to it yes, already? Baby. Yeah. That one's a dope He's one. He's so dope. Yeah. So Alina's dope. And um the last one that I got was JoJo. So yes. JoJo been out for many, 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 many years. And she just dropped a new album um like two days either yesterday or the day before yesterday. I forget which one. Um, but it's called Good to Know. And it's a straight up R&B joint, and um, she's got some cuts on there that I'm like, you know what? This is all right right here. So um, those three, those are the ones that I think that you know anybody wants to take a listen to. Um, and for anybody out there who is like a vinyl collector, Alina Barraza's album is on vinyl. I just ordered that one, so I got a nice little vinyl stash that's popping out, so you can get that and. Um, I don't know if about you guys, but if anybody has not at this point in time listened to Sir's album Chasing Summer, um, please go listen to that album because that album is ridiculously dope. Like re, like listen to my voice; it is ridiculously <laughs> dope. So you need to have that in your life. If you don't know who Sir is, 
Sir is a R&B artist who is on TDE's um, label, Top Dog Entertainment, which is where Kendrick Lamar and J-Rock and SZA, he's all a part of that camp. So Chasing Summer, y'all, you, you need to have that in your collection okay. if you don't have it there. I wanted to add uh, that I was, I've been listening to Masego. Um, his album's really dope. Mm. Um, the Lady I, Lady album. Yes, though. Lady Lady is everything. And I think that yeah. the fact he's so talented because of um, all the instruments that he plays and just the combination of everything um, that engulfs that trap jazz. I don't know if that's the genre I should say or use, but I've definitely. I think listening. that's what it is. Yeah, I've definitely been listening to him. I like how he fused so many different genres together. It's it's amazing to hear him. I I love him, and also um, uh, Umi. I've been mm. like feeling you know some of her stuff too. It's it's very it's different. I I don't know if it would be considered like alt. Um, R&B or but it's definitely different but I, I love her voice though so definitely I'm gonna have to put Umi on the list yeah um, one album I say that I love is a soundtrack I don't know if you guys saw the movie The Photograph not yet but not that yet. album is so dope like literally you could just uh-huh. like light candles and just sit back and just chill <laughs> It's so smooth. <laughs> it's so smoothed out. But who's on there? So I would definitely. So you're the second. You're the second person who told me that. Um, actually, Elise Ann on the, in the core crew, she told me the same thing. Um, I think when it first came out, like she sent it to me in like my Apple Music and was like, "You need to hear this, bro." Mm-hmm. And um, I had did play it, and uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely worth the listen. Those are some really great suggestions, guys. So I really appreciate you guys throwing those out there for us. You know, we're always looking for some new music to put into the stash, you know, some new tunes to, to rock out to. And those are some good suggestions. So we'll make sure that we utilize those. I want to thank my awesome panel for being here with me. My my fellow hosts, they always hold me down. Miss V-Dub, Miss Elbug, and Mr. Core BX. Thank you guys so much for all of your insight and really helping us to see the development on you know, the mixtape, where it's at and where it's going. So we appreciate you guys for throwing that stuff out for us. Um, I also want to give a special shout out to all of our sponsors. Check out Flight Crew Eyewear, new eyewear company coming out this summer. Uh, you guys got to check them out. You can catch them on IG and on Twitter at Flight Crew Eyes. And uh, you can check out my man Devin over at Thai Culture. Um, you want to get swaggy and have some fly new ties and accessories, you know, to kind of help the well-dressed man out. Check him out as well, TyCultureNewYork.com and on IG at Ty.Culture. You can also follow us on Anchor.fm slash The Octave. And if you ever want to leave us any notes, you want to kind of get in contact with the group, when you're on Anchor FM, click on the Messages button and you can leave us a voice note. We'll definitely play that voice note on the uh, on air and uh, answer any questions or concerns that you guys may have. And if you want to send us any emails, you can do that also by jumping on to the octave at musician.org. Other than that, wherever you guys are looking or listening rather to your uh, podcast, be sure that you like and subscribe this one so you can be on top of when we drop new content. Yeah, we love you guys so much for coming and hanging out with us, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>